Hello and welcome to the How to CEO podcast. I'm your host, Murray Newlands. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. Everything changed. You can either crash and burn or you can make an amazing company. We are here to give you the knowledge, the skills, and the advice to make an amazing company. I'm delighted to be here with Pavel from Mindrocks Capital today about how to raise the early checks and what CEOs need to know about raising early checks. So, so please introduce yourself. Yes, yeah, so I'm uh, Pavel Cherkashin. I'm uh, running two investment companies. I, I'm a managing partner at GVA Capital, which is about uh, 150 million invested in uh, early stage uh, tech companies. And um, I also have my own private investment office called Mindrock Capital, which is doing investments across different verticals and, um, and directions. And I invested uh, about 50 million through that entity already. Um, and I also converted an old uh, church building in San Francisco into what is now called the 906 World Cultural Center. That's more like a hobby. So what check sizes are you running, uh, are you writing, and, and who, who are your LPs, and what should we know about the, the fund and the environment that you work in? Yeah, so I, uh, I moved uh, to California six years ago from Moscow, Russia. I, uh, you know, back in Russia, I built three large businesses myself and sold them. I, I worked for Adobe Microsoft as the executive and uh, started investing as an angel, and I've made all the way from investing very, very early stage as an angel investor, and then having two uh, seed funds, and now focusing more on uh, Series A and Series B. But I still have, uh, I still help a lot of uh, early stage startup founders with uh, just general advice on how to get the funding, because that's the most challenging part of the job. So. As a, as a founder, you start your company, when should you uh, start to think about trying to raise your, those early checks and what do you need to get ready? Yeah, so uh, think about in a way that it's like with a baby, you know, when it's an embryo first and you don't know if it's a boy or a girl, you don't, you don't show it to your uh, siblings and, and family. Right, you want to show it when when you clearly know what's what's gonna uh, what's gonna get born. The same is happening with the startup. Uh, there's a there's a certain period when you don't even know if it's gonna fly, if people need your product, if if there is a uh, if if there is a product. Once you are sure there is a product, once you know that all the binary risks are off the table, and it's now more about scaling and the risks associated with scaling, then you should go to investors. And I mean, there's, there's a category of investors who are willing to do this, who are willing to fund the, uh, uh, the ideas more early stage, but in most cases, these would be your friends and family. Uh, but institutional investors would want to see that first there is a strong team, but also that this team has a product in hand and this product can solve a particular problem to a particular category of uh, clients, right? Uh, so 
also <coughs> look at it in the following perspective. The, the ideal scenario for the investors, when the startup founder is coming with a box and he says, okay, look, we put $100 into this box, we turn the handle and we get $200 out of it or $300. So now you want to put as much money as you want into this box, right? When you bring the box and you say, okay, we put 100, nothing happens. We'll put another 100, nothing happens. But probably in a year when we put enough of money in it, something will start, coins will start coming out. Uh, so <clears throat> then the investor never knows this, if this is gonna actually work. But then that is, that is hard for those early stage startups which are still uh, trying to build products, still trying to get traction with, uh, with customers. Um, to get those first checks, often people are still putting in $100 and getting coins at the other end. What are some good signals that you can give to investors that, uh, that this is going to be successful at that stage? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I mean, I've been through the same process when I came into the country without much anything six years ago and I knew not, nobody and I had to go through this way and I developed a, a system that would uh, involve several steps you know there's there, there are always investors whom you can approach with a without having a, a strong p a pitch yet so for example you first can go to your friends and family right you can go to accelerators even if you don't want to um, to participate in the acceleration program, you can still use the application process as the way to uh, get feedback and understand for yourself if, if your project is fundable. So I strongly recommend applying to all possible accelerators you can, pitching all of your family members. If you are scared or if you are shy to show your project even to your close friends, something is wrong with it. You, you get back to designing the product. Uh, uh, then the next layer, when you when you talk to all you you could around you, uh, you go to uh, service providers like uh, lawyers, right? Uh, a lot of most of the large legal firms, at least here in Silicon Valley, they would give credit to pretty much any startup in in their services, so that you you can get ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars worth of credit from from the lawyers to set up the company and, uh, and they will hope that once you raise the funding, you will pay them back. Uh, so if you can't sell your project even to a lawyer, you shouldn't even start uh, going, to, going to institutional investors, right? This is a very good indication of where you are. Then, uh, you know, you go to Google and get $100,000 worth of their credits or Amazon or Facebook, all of those big companies have special programs for startups, Microsoft. Uh, uh, so you, you go there, you get those credits and at least you validate that, that you, uh, you have it. And uh, another very important resource for, for the founders are other founders of successful startups who already have raised funding. Yeah. Uh, most of the best deals that, that I would invest in and many other investors come through recommendations and these uh, the recommendations could come from uh, large corporations if you have a good deal with them and you're working on some exciting business development stuff they will tell us uh, but it can also come from other investors or startup founders but if if uh, 
you know, getting a recommendation from another investor is similar to basically convincing the other investor to invest. Uh, getting a recommendation from a founder is much easier exercise. And all of those people have been in your shoes. They know how difficult it is. If they like your project, it's not, it doesn't cost them anything to send an email, right? Um, but somehow founders underestimate the value of other founders in their network that they can use as a leverage to get uh, to get an introduction to investors and you know be able to think and absorb the feedback that you get like if you talk to other founders and they say you know man this this is not going to work something is wrong and you should work on this and that you should really listen to that and change at least your pitch or maybe the whole product but if we're not talking about changing the product now uh, this is the easiest way um, to, to institutional investors from nowhere. You talk to service providers, you talk to accelerators, you talk to all of your friends, you look for access for another startup founders in the portfolio of those investors that you like, and you pitch them and you ask them for the introduction. That's the easiest way to get real attention by investors. And, and always, it's always hard to get the first check, as you know, like yeah. the first check of the round, just because if, if two investors join the same round, the first investor is, is signing the first check and he's taking all the risks and all the pain of doing the due diligence. And then the last one is investor in the round is coming at the same valuation, uh, but his risk level is much lower. So all the investors, of course, want to be the last investor in the round. Uh, right. So you should, be very uh, nice to those investors who take the courage to to be your first investor. And uh, what about valuation? Um, do you have ideas about, hey, I'm going to raise money and this, how I'm going to set my valuation? Um, uh, no, valuation is is all over the place. There's no, uh, there's no standardized methodology, right? We're in venture business, not private equity. In private equity, you, you value company based on the, on the value of their assets. In venture capital, we value companies based on their future potential multiplied by the risk level or the probability that they will come to the point. So if you, if you can potentially build a, if you can prove that you can build a billion dollar company in three years, you can easily ask for a hundred million valuation right away. If you don't have any expertise or proof that you can do that, and you're probably gonna end up as a, as a 30, $50 million corporate acquisition, you still want to give the investors at least 10X return in case of success, because that's what they're looking for. It's not that the investors are greedy, but you know, if you have, if you invest in 10 early stage projects and one of them is successful, you want this one to grow at least 10x to cover the loss of all of the other investments. Right, right, right. Some great advice. Who else do you think is doing a great job in, in the, this uh, stage? I, I know a few very good uh, investors from the, uh, who, who moved from Russia over yep. the last couple of years. Uh, there's, a, there's a growing professional community of uh, Russian-speaking and Ukrainian investors now. Um, a, a good example would be uh, uh, Gagarin Capital and Nikolai Davidov. Um, another good example would be uh, uh, FinSight Ventures, for example. They, they focus on financial technology and do a great job. There's uh, 
um, there's a great fund doing um, investments in uh, automotive technology called uh, I think they're called Autotech. I'll I'll get you the uh, the the right context. So there's a number I would say there's there's at least a billion dollars now coming from Eastern Europe and being managed by Russian-speaking fund managers. So keep an eye on that. Thank you. If people want to connect with you, how do they do that? That's very easy. Just Google me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on any social media. So it's, a, it's actually it's, it's one of the tests I have with, uh, with founders. You know, it takes three minutes to to Google my email, so I, I don't have a like a web form on the website accepting applications because that's like the first uh, the first step. If you if you're really interested in meeting with me, at least spend five minutes searching and finding my email or any other contact and reaching out. Very interesting. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This is exciting. I'm Murray Newlands. You're listening to the How to CEO podcast. Look forward to speaking with you next time.